Hi, I'm Coach John Cook, and thanks for joining us for today's episode of the Talking Hoops podcast. I am honored to have as my guest tonight Damon Goodwin of Capital University, the head men's basketball coach there now for 26 years. Uh, he's led the program at Capital University after a outstanding playing career at the University of Dayton uh, and multiple trips to the NCAA, including a trip to the Elite Eight. Uh, Damon spent a year as a graduate assistant at Dayton and also coached briefly high school basketball at Fairborn High School in Dayton before becoming a college assistant at Wittenberg University in Springfield, Ohio. And Damon's going to share that uh, as he talks about his journey. Uh, after 26 years at, at Capital, Damon is now the winningest basketball coach in the history of the Capital University basketball program, has made six appearances in the NCAA Division III National Tournament. And it's fairly common knowledge and well known that Damon also in 2016 uh, battled cancer and had to take a year away from his team, uh, beat cancer and came back from that uh, to return to the sidelines in 2017 uh, and has had an outstanding run at Capital University uh, because of the COVID-19 quarantine situation and some of the things that are necessary in college basketball right now. We can only speak briefly with Coach Goodwin today because he's got a Zoom meet with his team. Uh, that limits us to a little less than a half an hour, but I do hope you enjoy today's visit with Damon Goodwin, the head men's basketball coach at Capital University. Hey, my guest today is Coach Damon Goodwin, the head men's basketball coach at Capital University, and uh, really honored to have a chance to talk very briefly with, with Coach Goodwin about his journey through coaching and, and his career and coach how you doing this evening thanks for having me john uh listen i the biggest thing i guess i want to give everybody a chance to do when they join the podcast is just talk a little bit about your journey uh through the coaching ranks i mean anybody that's going to listen to our podcast most likely they have some familiarity with your background a lot of our listeners are northwest ohio folks and they will remember you from saint mary's uh certainly would remember you from playing at the university of dayton but talk a little bit if you would about growing up in the area that you did, and then your choice of college and playing for Coach Donahue at UD? Well, being a Northwest Ohio guy, I mean, I, I certainly know the importance of high school sports and basketball in that area, and, and I think that's played an important part of, of you know, my my journey. And um, um, growing up in St. Mary's, I played football, played basketball, played baseball, like most, you know, kids, uh, not most, but a lot of kids do in, in small schools, and I enjoyed them all. And uh, uh, going through my high school, I was fortunate to have a, a very good career and experience. And when I got an opportunity to look at Dayton, because Channel 7 at that time had all the Dayton games, those are the teams that I watched growing up. It was a big deal to me. And um, uh, it was a fairly easy choice for me, to, to, to be honest. And uh, went there, played for four years, had a great experience. I still talk to Coach John Hurd to this day. Uh, probably have lunch with him two, three, four times a year. And uh, I made some great connections, great friendships through through Dayton. And uh, that enabled me to get into into my coaching uh, career and journey in life. And, and I'll be forever grateful uh, to the University of Dayton for that. Well, and, you know, you're, you're striking a nerve with me. When I grew up, I grew up in rural northwest Ohio. I didn't have cable, and I watched Channel 7 all the time. I watched the Flyers yeah. all the time and, and, and got really hooked on basketball. As a, as a That was a big part of it for me as, as well. And and so when, when you're at Dayton having the experience you had, because during your time there, 83, 4, 5, 6, that was a really good run for Dayton basketball. You guys played as an independent, but Marquette was an independent 
and 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 DePaul was an independent. So you got you had some really natural rivalries that were really something to behold, kind of. Can you talk a little bit about during your playing experience when it was that maybe you thought coaching might be for you? Well, as you alluded to there, uh, we were an independent, so we played a bunch of teams twice. In fact, there was a little uh, almost a league. It wasn't really a league. It was Notre Dame, DePaul, Dayton, and Marquette that we played each other twice a twice a year and had stats and scoring leaders and, and all that. So those are those are some teams that uh, we played. We played Cincinnati twice. We usually played Xavier twice. We usually played Miami, and uh, it just built great rivalries. And and I think part of me heading into the profession that I did was the excitement uh, that that all created. And, you know, one of the things I believe uh, uh, we struggle with in today's world with these changing leagues is, uh, especially at the Division One level I'm talking about, is lack of rivalries anymore. And I, I wish I wish schools would, would uh, uh, go back a little bit and, and start playing natural rivalries more. I think it creates a great sense. But that's one of the reasons I got into this. And uh, um, I just, like I said, had a great experience with it. And it's, it's been a fun ride. When you uh, finished up at Dayton, and I, I, I don't always have the, the chronological order of things correct, but I, I know that you had a brief stint as a high school coach and you were a GA uh, at Dayton. I don't remember the exact order of how that went, but can you can you uh, recall anything from those two experiences that was really particularly uh, impactful in terms of shaping you toward you know that, that goal of becoming a head coach? Yeah, I, uh, after graduation, I was fortunate enough to get drafted. I played for the Phoenix Suns for about three months out in uh, Phoenix and in, in L.A. Summer League. Um, figured out I wasn't good enough to make it. And um, um, actually was invited back to camp in October. But at that time, I, I knew that I would be a CBA player or a G League player. I just wasn't interested in that. So after that happened, real late in the summer, I called Coach Donner and he sent me up with the GA. I did that for a year and, and had a great experience with that, a lot of learning. Uh, it's, it's a totally different scenario when you're a coach compared to a player. And After a year of that, I got a high school job at Fairborn for two years, and we weren't very good. And, and those two years of being a head coach, 23 years old, 24 years old, I can tell you that I learned a ton about what not to do. And, and um, um, it was a great learning experience, uh, but at the same time, it was a frustrating experience because we just, we just struggled. Um, my assistant at Dayton at the time was Dan Hipster. He got the job at Wittenberg. He asked me to go along uh, with him as an assistant. I, uh, I was his assistant for five years. He moved on. And, and then I moved on to Capital, and I've been there ever since. It's going to be my 27th year at Capital. So that's kind of my journey as far as uh, the steps that I took to um, uh, to be the coach at Capital for the past 27 years. And actually, the first time I was in it was – you and I didn't meet, but my first experience, at least being aware of you, was I believe when you were an assistant at WIT when I was a freshman at Northern. We played in the holiday tournament. Uh, when Coach Hipsher was the head coach, about 1990-ish, 91. And uh, I remember seeing you guys at, at that time. But then the, the first time I, I think I actually met you, I, I know you came to Northern and spoke at camp one summer, but your dad was a high school coach in, in, in Shelby County. I was coaching at Jackson Center in the early 2000s, and your, your dad and I played back-to-back -back games in the same sectional at Piqua High School um, one night. And I remember because we, we were – you talk about bad. We were bad. We were 2-20 and 20 or whatever we were. And we actually played pretty well that night and got edged out in a sectional game. And, and, and you came over and spoke to me briefly after that game because it was right before your dad's game started. But I can remember thinking at that time, because I didn't know your dad well, 
that I, I didn't know about your high school experience. And I always was kind of curious about your dad's time as a high school coach and you choosing to go to the college route. Was it more because the, the high school experience wasn't such a positive thing or was it because Coach Hipster gave you an opportunity you just couldn't turn down? No, I think it was a couple things. One, one, my dad, uh, when I was growing up, my dad was an official. So he used to officiate games uh, when I was growing up and, and in high school. Uh, as a matter uh, when I started playing, he backed down from his load as far as officiating. And he didn't get into coaching until I, after I was out of college. Um, so he, he worked a good year for 40 years uh, as, as I was growing up. And as he slowed down there, he got into some other things. And, and for me, it was more of I just had an opportunity. I, I did enjoy the high school. Um, I, I didn't really get into this coaching with an agenda. I want to do this or that. Um, it's just I was I was a high school coach for two years, and, and uh, uh, I thought we were building things. Even though we didn't have great records, I thought we were building things. It's just the opportunity came for me to, to jump to a, a college level, a D3 college level. And the big thing for me is I didn't have to move. My wife had a good job in downtown Dayton. I could travel to Springfield and be a part of that. And that's what we did for five years. And, and you worked for Dan Hipster, as you mentioned, at, at WIT. And, and for true basketball junkies, I don't have to talk about the quality of coach that Dan Hipster is or was. Um, you know, for guys that maybe aren't that tied into it. I mean, he, he's just an outstanding coach, an outstanding basketball mind. Um, can you recall, I mean, I know you guys had a tremendous amount of success. In fact, I think you won the league every year that you were an assistant at WIT. Uh, were there any specific things about your time at WIT that you remember being real growth times for you as a coach? Oh, sure. The recruiting part, you know, when you're, when you're a high school coach and you go to a college, all of a sudden the recruiting is the number one thing where in high school, at least at that time, you didn't have to worry about that. Um, but, but, uh, yeah, we, we had a great run. I think I, I was with him. Uh, for four years, we were 97 and 18 in those four years and won four league championships and went to the tournament, tournament I believe, every year. And then uh, Bill Brown came in for one year, and I worked with Bill Brown. Um, but, but Dan Hepshire was a, was a, is a very good friend of mine. I, I visited him. He lives in South Carolina now. I visited him a month ago, talked to him every couple of weeks, and we developed a great friendship. And, and I enjoyed working for him, but the recruiting thing is really – the biggest change that I saw, I, Dan came from Dayton, so I knew the philosophy he was bringing. I knew what he was planning to do at Wittenberg, uh, but the recruiting thing for me is what really separated my experience at Wittenberg uh, uh, from, from what I was doing at Fairborn. So when you talk about learning the recruiting ropes early on as a college assistant, uh, did Dan have a recruiting system, so to speak? I mean, was there a, did, did he have a way of identifying who you wanted to target? Or, or is that less possible at Division Three? What can talk a little bit about what you learned in terms of the approach to recruiting to a place like Wittenberg? Well, to Dan's credit, I, I, he is, he was, uh, he's retired now. Was a guy that said, "Hey, we need to get this done. Go out and do it," and and he let me run with that, and I, I think that was very, very helpful. I've tried to do that with my assistants over the years, and and it, it's been, it, in my mind, a good thing. And once we started, he certainly had a lot of input. He had connections. I had some connections, and we'd always we'd always follow up on those connections. But at the same time, he he told me, hey, this is your job. Go out and find some guys. And I think we did a really good job of that. In fact, a year after he left, 
with the first class we brought in, we went to a Final Four and and really just missed a couple Final Fours when he was there. So uh, I, I think we had a lot of success, and I appreciate him his belief in me of letting me say, hey, uh, this is how we want to do things, and he let me run with it. And, and in the middle of that kind of run, obviously, I think, you know, when the change happens and Coach Brown takes over and you and you now you complete five years there, it would make sense that you would be looking for that next logical step. What was attractive to you about capital? Well, uh, you know, honestly, I tried to get the Wittenberg job, did not get it, was really disappointed. You know, after you're there for four years and Dan left. And, and like I said, I think we were 97 and 18, four league championships. I think we had two or three league tournament championships and appearances the NCAA appearances you think you got a chance but Bill Bill ended up having a great career there so I worked for him for one year uh, I had actually interviewed for two other jobs after my third year I interviewed for the John Carroll job with Mike which Mike Moran got and uh, uh, had a great career he had a great career John Carroll which just finished up a couple of years ago and then I interviewed for the Wittenberg job didn't get it and Bill Brown had a tremendous career there as well so I, I was looking uh, I was I I believe I was ready for that next step. And then when the, the capital thing uh, came open, um, the city was attractive. Uh, moving to a small school in a big city was attractive to me and my wife and my two young kids at the time. And and I went hard for it. I did everything I could to get it. And, and uh, fortunately, I had the opportunity, and I've been there for 27 years now. And, and what you've done there, obviously, is, is have a tremendous amount of success. I mean, obviously, as a coach, you're going to remember the, the years of struggle, too. But on, on the whole, the, the experience has been remarkably successful. The program has done incredibly well in a very, very difficult league. Uh, but describe the, the state of the program maybe when you took over and what were some priorities that you had to try and establish in terms of creating your own program? Well, I the, the tr- program has traditionally been a strong, strong program, but at the time that I came in, it had struggled a little bit. Um, had not been, to, had not won a league, I don't think, for um, 12, 13, 14 years, something like that. Capital had not won a league championship when I came in. It took us a few years to get back to that level. Um, uh, but at the same time, I knew it was a tradition-rich program. I, I knew that they had alumni that were very supportive. And we were fortunate. In my second year, we had a great run. We got, got the tournament. Uh, in fact, we actually beat a high northern um, in the first round of the tournament, won my second year there. and uh, But we didn't win the league. And uh, we struggled for a couple more years. And I, I think our first league title was in 03. I got there in 95. So it took us six, seven years to get it going as far as being a league champion. But then I, I think since 03, we've won, I believe, six. I think we've been a part of six league championships. And and it's been, a, it's been fun. But, but even with those league championships, we've had our peaks and valleys. And um, uh, when you're around a long time, you learn to deal with both the ups and downs of college basketball. Well, and the one thing, I guess, Damon, just from the outside looking in, for me personally, when I have observed the program, um, you know, I spent some time at Bluffton as an assistant. And, and we always felt like at Bluffton – we, we could re- maybe recruit a really good class and then and then really work those guys in, in over four years, see what develops and see if we can make a run at it. But we had a hard time putting together, you know, more than one recruiting class that was really strong in a row. But when I looked at your program from the outside looking in, it always felt like that if I looked at any four year time period, every kid that came, if they spent four years at some point in their four years, they were competing for a league title. It may not have been every year, but certainly 
at, for, for the second or third or third or fourth. At some point during four years, every kid that seems to me that went through your program was in a, was in a position to be competing for a league title. Well, thanks, John. I appreciate that. And that's actually, uh, we, we had about a, uh, let's see, about an 18-year run of that. We've only had two classes in the 2000s, uh, which would have been the classes of uh, uh, 17 and 18 that have not won a league title. So um, uh, we last time they won it was in 19, two years ago. But our, our, our classes of 2016, and we had 2016 is actually the year that I did not coach. Uh, because of, of my health reasons, uh, but then the class of 2017. So I, I appreciate you taking notice of that. That's something we talk about in, in recruiting that, uh, you know, for the past two decades, we've only had a couple classes that have not won a league championship. And, and like you, I, I think sometimes uh, our level more than most can be somewhat cyclical. Uh, we're, we're, we're going to get good players, but we're not going to get all the good players. We're not going to win uh, with some of the schools sometimes. I, I, I think the kids that we have are a lot of the times somewhat under the radar. And, and we have to work to develop those. And and I, I think we've done a, a good job of doing that over the years. So I appreciate you noticing that. Well, and, and while we're on that subject, a couple of things I'd like to ask. But one thing I want to talk about is you mentioned that learning the recruiting ropes when you first got started uh, and, and the type of recruiting that you do at Capital. I've had a couple different Division three guys on the podcast. Hell, I've had a lot more than a couple, but a couple that really talked about recruiting. Um, and, and the idea that on some level, Division three, you've got to, you've got to, if you want to compete nationally, you've got to either end up getting, or you've got to develop kids that look like scholarship kids when that, when they're in your program, when you talk about your recruiting philosophy, since you've been uh, in charge of the program at capital, identifying a diamond in the rough isn't easy, but it all, might be just as tough to go find that fringe scholarship kid and convince him to come to division three. Yeah, we, we have not had, um, uh, I can think of maybe one kid that I would say was was everybody knew was a star out of high school, and that kid was Nate Stall out of, of St. Henry. Uh, he would have been an 09 graduate, and and uh, you know recruiting with you know against Joe Campoli and High Northern and Otterbein, so they won a national championship. And the Worcesters, the Wittenbergs of the of the world, and and today it's the Mariettas and Mount Unions have had good runs, and John Carroll's. I, I just you know in all honesty, we just haven't. We haven't had many of those guys. We haven't been able to talk many of those guys that that are being recruited by some D2s and maybe some D1s to stick around and go to Capital. We've had more success for, with kids that are really good, um, but at the same time aren't being recruited by a lot of those places. And, but I'll tell you one thing: we do look for we look for toughness. I, I think uh, you know one of the things that we've built our program around, and whether we're doing well or not, is hey, you're always going to be in for a battle. They're going to come out and fight you. They're going to compete. And, and I think that's a very underrated trait. And, and uh, we've had a lot of success, especially with kids from Northwest Ohio uh, that, that I thought brought that to the table. And, and part of our success, I, I believe, has been getting some of those kids where 20 years ago we weren't. You know, they, they were going to some other places. And, and uh, we, we've certainly tried to make inroads up there. Well, you, you're, you're doing a, a tremendous job establishing toughness as a, as a core part of your program because I, and again, I only spent one year in the league as an assistant this year. Um, but and again, just kind of wide angle lens looking at things. I felt like strictly on, on court, God given basketball ability. Um, you know, you guys might not have been much above middle of the pack. 
um, on that alone. But but I and I know you lost some games that you that had you won them may have put you in a really different position late in the year. But uh, I I'd, I'd rather played anybody this year, honestly. I mean, I I, 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 I didn't like playing Mount. I, I'm not gonna lie, that wasn't fun. But I, I'd rather try to get in a fist fight with Mount than I would you guys, and, and that wasn't going to work very well for us. Well, I, I think that's been kind of our MO. You know, we, we just uh, very rarely, even, and again, I don't want to say always, because I think there were a couple of our, our league championships that we were the most talented team. I, I really do. I, but I, I think the majority of our, our really good teams – um, I'm not sure we had the most talent in the league, and I, I think that about our team in 19, uh, two years ago, uh, we we weren't the most talented team in the league. But I just thought we played better together. We were we were tougher from a lot of standpoints. We played defense, and and that's kind of how we have to do it in our our program right now. And and uh, I, I truly do. That's a that's a great compliment that that you said that and recognize that. And I just think that's part of our program, and that's who we try to recruit to. We, we you know, we, we continue to get kids out of Northwest Ohio. Uh, uh, this year we got one from Wayne Trace and and uh, Nate Gerber, and we think he's going to be one of those kids uh, that, that really is going to be a, a big part of what we do. He's got a high ceiling. I really like that kid, and I think he is a yeah. very, very good fit for your program, no question. And and I, I hate to shift gears abruptly, but you and I are on, on a schedule here, and so – in the last 10 minutes that we've got left, I kind of want to tie a couple things together. You, you mentioned in 2016 you missed the season because of a, of a cancer battle. And, and, and coming out of that, and you can spend as much time with that as you would like, but coming out of that, you also then, in that same time frame, you went through a, something that's unique, I think, in, in the coaching realm, is that you're a Division three head coach and you've got a son that's a Division one recruit who ends up going to Notre Dame to play. Can you talk a little bit about coming through that 2016 experience and maybe how it helped you create a way to, to create balance for yourself uh, between the job that can consume you and the importance of what your family's been dealing with? Well, for, fortunately for my situation then when I was going through it, my son had already committed to high State at that time. So I we didn't really have to go through the recruiting part of it at that point. And, I, and looking back, I, I think that's a blessing that we did. And that would have been tough for him and it would have been tough for our family to do. So at the time, he was committed to Ohio State. And I was just simply trying to get through what I needed to get through. And I was enjoying watching him play. He was a sophomore in high school and, and growing up and getting bigger and getting stronger. And I just tried to enjoy Enjoy watching him play, and it did afford me that opportunity. I, I did get to see. Uh, I don't think I saw all of them that year because of, of what I was going through, but I did see a number of them, and, and uh, that, that was the blessing in disguise uh, for me. And uh, I guess to watch us play, even though I wasn't coaching in Capitol, I did go to a number of those games as well and have fun, have fun doing that. But it does when you go through one of those deals, it certainly does. Uh, uh, refocus you on what's important in life, and and um, uh, it's it's always going to be life changing, and it was for us. And and uh, I, I really enjoyed watching him play that year, my son, and, and him growing through some some uh, a difficult situation, a great situation, but but it was difficult for him as well. And when he got through that, and he got his college situation resolved, obviously the coaching change at Ohio State resulted in a change for for your son, and he ended up at Notre Dame. You've you've been pretty fortunate, I think, to have some coaches in your league that'll work with you to allow you to accommodate his schedule a little bit, so you can see more of his games. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. Last year, um, 
have had a couple coaches, you know, adjust times for me. And, and uh, last year we had one adjusted date um, just to allow me. He was playing at Duke last year at Notre Dame. And, and uh, uh, the coach at BW uh, let us reschedule a Saturday game to a Friday game just to allow me to go watch him play at Duke. So that was very appreciative. You know, in our league, I think we all, even though we compete against each other, I think our league pretty much respects each other and understands situations like this. And, and um, uh, I think we're all pretty flexible, as, flex, as flexible as we can be with, with those situations. So, you know, Jim Burson went through it a number of years ago with, with his son going to Ohio State. Uh, so I know some coaches in this league, except you know, uh, uh, a long time ago, but, but some coaches in this league had some exposure to that as well, and I'm very appreciative of that as well. Well, Damon, I, I'll tell you, I know we, we're going to kind of wrap up quickly because you, you've got some other things to get to, but uh, I, I've, from a distance, I've admired you for a long time, and, and up close, got to compete with your program this year, and and obviously with with Anthony Golson being on your staff, I, Anthony and I have been friends for 20, 25 years, and. So I've always kind of observed things, and I, I didn't know a lot about what you went through with the cancer battle, and I, I wrote an article about it for a local website here uh, back in 2016 when that was going on. Um, really, really thrilled that that uh, is behind you and that you've been able to return to the thing that you love to do and the thing that you're really, really good at. Um, I can say with absolute sincerity now, since I won't be coaching next year, that I absolutely look forward to watching your team play if we can get this situation where we're able to have a season, and I know – Right now, January 1st is a hell of a big date for a lot of people because of what's just been done uh, in the Ohio Athletic Conference, pushing everything back. But just want to tell you, I hope that things get resolved for you, your program, and for all of college basketball, and look forward to have a chance to see your team play. I appreciate you giving me a little bit of time to do this, and maybe down the road one of these days we'll, we'll be able to catch up and do another one. We'll love to do it, John. Thank you very much. Appreciate right. it. Have a good evening. Thanks. Yeah. Bye-bye. Thanks so much for listening again today. If you would like to listen to previous or future episodes of the Talking Hoops with Coach John Cook podcast, you can listen on Spotify or Google Podcasts as well as several other podcast platforms. Please review, rate, and subscribe. And if you would like to support the podcast financially, you can do so at anchor.fm backslash john-cook. That's J-O-N-C-O-O-K-0. Anchor.fm backslash John-Cook0. Thanks again. Hope to talk hoops with you again real soon.